This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. So, as always, lots to discuss. Of course, we will take your phone calls about whatever you like. That is the point of this program. You can uh, take control of the airwaves, as we like to say. But there's also a lot on the table here this evening, including some pretty big news out of Massachusetts since we had kind of the 420 edition of this show yesterday in celebration of your right to own yourself, or at least the... The idea of you owning yourself. Clearly, you can't actually own yourself because the people calling themselves the government will put you in a cage if you decide that you want to actually act like you own yourself. Luckily, yesterday uh, in Concord, New Hampshire, we had over 250 people that were gathered at the state house who did act like they owned themselves, and they did uh, smoke some cannabis in public. In fact, I have found some of the video footage from yesterday, and I've begun posting it over at freekeen.com. The first video is up from Biker Bill. He recorded about 10 minutes of the singing that was going on. Approximately 100 people came into the State House and sang songs uh, right there in the State House lobby, some parody songs, kind of to the tune of Christmas carols, but with very liberty oriented lyrics. So I posted that one already, and then there's going to be some more of. Uh, I mentioned yesterday there was the security guard who was threatening people that were chalking. Uh, there were various different messages being written on things outside of the state house, the uh, the concrete on the ground, and some of the columns up in uh, the the front of the state house. And early on, some guy came out with a security uniform and started to threaten the the chalkers, trying to get identification from them. Uh, called the state police on them, and he was kind of shuffled away. And uh, basically, by by activists like myself who came up and started asking him some questions that he didn't like very much. So he kind of slinked away, and the state police never showed up so they used their discretion and decided to not respond to the call of it the probably didn't chalkers. seem like it was worth to them worth it to them with hundreds and hundreds of uh, liberty activists out there smoking or they probably one. just thought that you were going to comply with their orders and just move on you know i don't know leave. i don't know what they thought yeah, but they, they didn't, didn't they didn't even show up to <laughs> investigate it so uh so that video i've seen it and uh, tally tv put that one together tally.tv Uh, I'll post that one here shortly, probably during the next uh, break of the show. So throughout the evening tonight, some posts will be showing up over at freekeen.com. So if you missed it yesterday and you didn't get to see what happened in Concord, New Hampshire, this is a great opportunity to uh, to get you to kind of get a a clue as to what actually transpired. But it wasn't just Concord uh, where action was was happening. Mark, you saw some of the pictures from was it pictures or video that you saw? Because I saw pictures. Pictures. Uh, The pictures from I believe it was the. University of Colorado, I'm not certain. It was, I believe, in Denver. A huge... Sounds right to me, yes. Huge smokeout. Now, I, I believe I saw pictures just like this last year, where you literally have thousands of people that are essentially in a, a humongous field of some sort, and... The pictures are taken from far away because you can't get close to thousands of people. I mean, there are just so many people there. It was this just uh, fog of smoke yeah. over the whole group. Uh, it was amazing. It was incredible. They must have been bur- burning bales of marijuana. It sure looked like it. I mean, there was that much pot being smoked to where you could actually see it in the photos. It, and it really did look as thick as fog. You know, and this kind of sort of insult to those with uh, more uh, you know conservative values wouldn't be occurring 
if the insult to people who want to smoke marijuana wasn't occurring. It you was mean the, like throwing them in a cage? Yeah, that's yeah. what it's all about. I mean, this is a backlash against treating people as though they can't choose what kind of mind-altering substance they want. You must choose alcohol. <laughs> if you want to smoke something, you must smoke tobacco. Or it has to come out of a pill. Yeah. 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 Well, it's it's just all a joke about the whole idea that, that someone else's behavior is subject to your control or your desires. is It's ridiculous. And I think it stems from the idea, uh, the whole power struggle. It's like yeah, the people who are under the thumb of the state or under the thumb of whatever is in their, their life, whether it be a boss that's overbearing or a, a spouse or someone else, they're constantly looking at f- for other ways for, the, for them to be the one in control, for them to be the one deciding who can go out or who can uh, do this or that, whatever. So uh, It's this whole daddy-child complex thing that goes is. on, parent-child there, complex thing. There's a lot on. of that, and the idea that, that a lot of people agree with this position I've taken, that marijuana smoking is bad, so you know I feel justified, but they don't even rationalize it. They don't even think it through. It's just it's an accepted... It's like they have this hole in their mind for ideas, and they place this idea there, this idea that prohibition is the way to go, because they haven't actually rationalized or thought about it or even contemplated what it actually means. Well, if you were to think about it, you'd have to come to the the conclusion that it doesn't make sense, and it's bad. It's a placeholder idea, and these... I mean, for some of them simpletons or whatever, I don't mean to really insult people, but to call them what they really are, they're ignorant to thinking critically about... These, this particular issue. Yeah, not only this particular issue, but a lot of the issues that stem from the whole behavior control mechanism and the idea that you can make someone into someone else with a series of punishments or or uh, permissions. It's a crazy idea. That the idea, like I, like I like what you said there, that you could make someone into something else, that you could somehow mold everyone in a given society, the 300 million people in America, the rest of the people around the world that also suffer under these insane drug laws, uh, but uh, specifically the United States situation, obviously very familiar with, the idea that you will be able to threaten people into behaving in the way that you want to. When we're talking about behavior that does not do harm to others, that does not uh, aggress against others, we're not talking about threatening people over committing murder or arson or rape. We're talking about threatening people over putting a green leafy substance in a pipe, rolling it into a cigarette, or putting it in a bong or a vaporizer and smoking it, or make baking brownies and eating it. I mean, this is just an entirely innocent activity. But because somebody has an opinion about it being bad, about altering one's consciousness with that chemical, THC, versus alcohol or something like that, that one is bad and one is not, that that opinion should be enforced across all of society. It's just, it's incredibly utopian. The idea that they will be able to change people's behavior, clearly it has not worked. The years, the decades of putting people in prison cells for this, of threatening them, of of arresting them, of fining them, it has not worked worked well that, you know that's the end of it that hasn't worked but i mean if you want to be consistent you need to consistently apply this if altering if, if altering your mind is bad unless it's done for medicinal purposes and then it's okay well then drinking alcohol is not okay smoking cigarettes is probably wouldn't be okay you've i mean thought it, too far you've you've put too much thought into caffeine it, i mean you know the whole the whole culture runs on caffeine well it, it strike the roots i mean the whole idea that's that you can control what someone is going to do with their body is just blatantly ignorant to begin with i think we need to get back and focus the argument where it belongs instead of 
relying on these small tangents or small auxiliary uh, components. We need to focus the idea that that a person is their own person, their body is their own, and that sort of uh, and it should be respected. That right. Should be well, like in the future, imagine that we know what's going to happen. We know there's going to be some interface with a computer. And what if there's some virtual drug that people shouldn't take because mm-hmm. it changes their behavior? Or if there's some, like it, it has nothing to do with anything tangibly physical. It's just a virtual thing that, that getting off on this sort of, um, you know, uh, I don't know, stimulus is something that people enjoy, and then others find it to be repulsive, so they make a law against it. I mean, sure. it, at that point, it, you're putting fiction on top of fiction because it's like, there's nothing there to actually control. It's just, it's just. People virtual. have to learn how to let go. They have to learn how to allow these people that want to control. They have to learn how to allow others to uh, to be free. That's right. And until they do that, then they'll never achieve freedom themselves. Now, I'm not saying they're even seeking it. These people may not be seeking freedom for themselves. Uh, and in which case, that's why we need to just build a movement that is so strong and so unstoppable that these people will throw up their hands in frustration and they will get the get the heck out of uh, of New Hampshire because I don't think those folks are going to change. There's it's not realistic to believe that we're going to be able to persuade control freaks to let go. I'd love to see it happen, but I'd, I'm not realistically, you know, I'm not focusing my efforts on the control freaks. I'm not trying to change them. If they want to change, great, welcome. You know, we will welcome you into the community. Uh, but it, I'm focusing my in, uh, intentions and my recruiting on people that want to see freedom in their lifetime and that are willing to do something about it uh, because I think that's just more effective than trying to change somebody who wants to stop folks from doing things they disagree with. Uh, completely peaceful acts. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Anyway, some good news out of a court regarding the odor of marijuana and police searches. We'll share that with you coming up. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Don't forget, you can enjoy features like our webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact with other listeners because the chat room has been built into the very same page over at cam.freetalklive.com. And, of course, like everything on our website, it's totally free. So go and enjoy the webcam in the chat room together at cam.freetalklive.com. Thanks to Memory Dealers. Yeah, it's brought to you by MemoryDealers.com. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBIX, Zenpax, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. Go there to MemoryDealers.com, check it out, and see for yourself. They're in stock, ready to ship. The overnight delivery, it's MemoryDealers.com. All right, toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. We're talking about uh, people who want to control others, and as Dr. Mary Ruart puts it in her excellent book, Healing Our World, 
Uh, as long as you want to control others, don't be surprised if you find yourself controlled. So if you are like me and you want to achieve liberty in your lifetime, well, you have to be able to let go as far as what other people do with their liberty. Okay, it may bother you what they've chosen to do, like smoking pot apparently bothers somebody out there, some people out there. Leave them alone. Let them be. If they're doing it, then it's not harming you. It's not, they're, not, they're not blowing it in your face. So let people be, and everything will be okay. The idea that these folks should be put in a jail cell or should have money forcibly extracted from them is just absolutely insulting to the idea that, that one owns oneself. And so I was talking about how you only have so much time uh, in the day. You only have so much effort that you can put toward advancing the ideas of liberty. And so I want to target people who are the best uh, prospects, if you will, right. to achieve freedom. And so part of the reason why I do this show, besides because I love doing radio, is to get the word about freedom out there and to find the right people. Find those needles in the haystack that are willing to step up and do something. That are going to do more than just complain about the problems that, the, that they see surrounding them. The people that are willing to actually step forward, for instance, join the Free State Project, move to New Hampshire, get active in achieving liberty in our lifetime. I want to attract those people. It's not so – I mean if the folks that are the, of the statist status quo supporting mindset want to change their minds and want to come on board, I will be friendly to them throughout the entire process. I will not be mean uh, to them or I'll do my best to not be mean. Sometimes I get angry when they, they hurt my friends. Sure. Uh, but – I try to stay you know, focused on uh, peace as much as possible, and I'd be happy to welcome those folks in. Like we've had uh, Brad Jardis, a former police officer who came on board with the ideas of liberty in a, in a real big way. And it was because he had people who weren't being mean to him. He had people who were showing him appreciation and kindness and love. And that's, Just trying to talk to him, too. I mean, right. like a normal person, respectable, having a conversation, trying to persuade someone, not trying to ridicule or you know, demean someone. And his, That's how you bring people on board with ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, first off, you have to get to them on their level. You have to show them that you care about them, or at least pretend like you show that you, you care about them. And you know, to some extent, there's there's techniques to try to get them to think it's their idea and all that. But the first thing you need to do, like it never, ever, 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 ever works. That hey, I'm going to talk to this person like they're an idiot. And then they'll see the light. They'll finally discover after I treat them just badly enough. Mm, yeah, that won't work. Yeah, that's just it never works. But in any sales job, and Mark, you, you've done sales for pretty much your whole adult life. Uh, in any sales job, you want to qualify your prospects. You want to you want to deal with the best people for the product or service. Maximize uh, your efficiency. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what I'm trying to do. So it's not to say I won't reject somebody who's of a status mindset who wants to come on board. It's just I'm going to focus on the other people who maybe don't have as many opinions about politics and things like that, that aren't as firm on the issues uh, that are that are anti-freedom. So uh, to that end, there was there was interesting news recently, Mark, out of uh, the, the town in which you live in southwestern New Hampshire. There was a certain lady uh, who was kind of on the attack, shall we say, against free staters. And, of course, we're all here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. We made the move. Uh, I, I made the move over four years ago, Mark. You, at that time, you about three, three plus, I think, at this That's point, right. JJ. Uh, so we've all been here for a while, and we've been getting active in various different ways. And the more activity there is, whether we're talking about civil disobedience or non-cooperation or politics, the more activity there is, the more the people who are 
supporters of the status quo are going to be upset. They are going to be very upset because you are rocking the apple cart. You are, you know, tipping the boat and they are freaking out about this. And so this woman caught on kind of early on because some of the civil disobedience that was going on here in Keene. Her name was uh, Pam Martins, and she wrote at least a couple of articles for the online magazine Counterpunch, which is a relatively widely published, I guess, widely read uh, online website. And so it got a lot of attention as a result of that, and and this was it just this this lengthy screen. Both times there were uh, bumps in Free State Project signups in both you know the week after both of these th- uh, uh, stories came out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of the uh, the nice unintended consequences I think uh, for the statist, uh, the status quo supporter that is is trying to attack the Free Staters or attack Liberty lovers in New Hampshire because what they have to attack is well, these people want smaller government. They want the government out of people's lives. You know, right. you know, these are the kind of things they have to say. Well, that's some people will read that and say, well, that sounds like a good idea. Right. The good prospects, the people that we do want to attract are going to see that and then they're going to use that as their excuse to come here and check this out. So actually, she unwittingly actually did recruiting for us, which is great. That's right. Which is why whenever I, whenever I see bad press, it doesn't bother me in the least. I'm just glad to get press. Please just spell the, the website correctly. Just get the information into people's hands. I don't care what your spin is on it. So anyway, this woman spent a lot of time just attacking liberty lovers here in New Hampshire, specifically the Free Staters, the people, the activists doing like the 420 celebrations out here in Keene, which ended up getting world renowned from places like Cannabis Culture Magazine and, and things like that. And so she just goes on this attack, just this lengthy screed attacking Free Staters, saying it's all a big uh, conspiracy yep. between the founder of the Free State Project and the billionaire Koch brothers who are secretly financing all of our moves to New Hampshire that we didn't, Mark, you and I, we didn't pay for our me- a rental truck uh, on our own. We got a check from the Koch brothers. This lady uh, actually uh, sent, there's an email message board for my town, and this lady actually sent a message sort of to the, uh, you know, the people on this email thing in my town accusing... Uh, Intimating, I think, is really the the best term. Intimating that either the um, you know the Koch brothers or I don't know George Soros or Rupert Murdoch or somebody owned my house <laughs> because I don't have you know I I put it in the name of a corporation. I mean, the, just so it's crazy. paranoid. It's right. She's essentially a paranoid conspiracy theorist. Just kind of, it's a liberal conspiracy theory, if you will. And that's not to say that, that you know I'm a conservative or anything like that. Certainly, there's some conservatives that are very upset with the uh, Free State Project being here as well. Because, they just have a different flavor. Yeah, because th- anything that again threatens the status quo, the people that are in favor of it will come out and they'll come out swinging. So this woman ca- came out on the attack, and we publicized her articles to make it so more people saw them. And now she's gone, from what I hear. Rumor has it uh, that, first of all, it's not a rumor. They have sold their house. The house in which they they had lived, they are gone. They have moved out of that house. And word is, they're in Florida now at this point. So... Yeah, buddy. <laughs> See you later. You know, having a statist leave New Hampshire is as good as having, you know, another activist come in, as far as I'm concerned, because it's an less, active statist. Yeah. Right. It's, right. it's less opposition uh, for us, which is just fantastic. And I hope that we see more of this, you know, a statist exodus from New Hampshire. As these people realize that they're up against something that's not going to stop. It's Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, 
another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at Ruger.com slash LC9. This is Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you'd like at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. So, uh, of course, uh, we've got a lot to discuss here. Uh, Your calls will take them about anything. 800-259-9231. Don't forget, you can join us on our website website at freetalklive.com and enjoy features like the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see the Shrine, and if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI is a company that helps you and your business out with accounts receivable, whether it's uh, collections, early out billing, or purchasing charged off receivable. SACLs can take care of it all. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. So imagine what the bureaucrats and the statists think. When they see something like 200 people coursing through the hallways of the state house, holding signs about legalization, uh, ending prohibition, singing songs over 100, about 100 people, I would estimate, were singing songs, posted the video of that, uh, thanks to Biker Bill at Adventures in the Free State, over at freekeen.com for people that want to see that. Also, other footage from yesterday's 420 celebration has been posted over at freekeen.com to give you kind of a look into a window into the world of what was going on yesterday. But what do you think somebody who is in you know an arch statist uh is thinking as these things are happening disdain yeah helplessness perhaps disdain. well i think first it's the anger part yeah you know i don't I, think they feel helpless at this point no, yet um no. at this uh, you know the, the the free state project has been very lucky or very good at least in using legislative process generally it's disdain for the outside the system activists look at those silly people doing their pot smoking and topless stuff and you know whatever it else it is you know not a lot it's not very effective and from it doesn't make a lot of you know it makes a lot of waves but it it doesn't really get a lot done that's uh quantifiable from the you know the standpoint point of an observer however the legislative process the free staters have uh, that's presuming the observer is just not paying attention doesn't realize that those things tracked people here that, well, they're not yeah. looking at that. Right. Um, they, you know, they do. They do see that. Oh, these rabble rousers are attracting more rabble rousers. But to some extent, some rabble rousers have gone on too, so they can always look at that and, and cheer. But from the legislative process, um, the Free State Project has managed to use the the Democrat majority in in New Hampshire from up until two thousand and eight or two thousand and ten, whatever it was, to get some stuff done. And now the Republican like gay marriage. Yeah, gay marriage. Um, there were, yeah, I don't know, a couple other victories, but really in 2010, the, uh, the the victory started rolling in with more free staters being elected as Republicans and more victories that that way. I don't think that people on the outside see this as free stater victories, at, you know, as much as they see it as they're riding the coattails of, say, the Republicans at this point. Well, I think they're definitely influencing. Uh, there was that Seacoast article that that went out. I don't know if it was early this week. Yeah, uh, within the last week or so. Right. And uh, I think after reading that, it definitely made some some cogent points about how the influence 
isn't just about the numbers, but it's also about some of the ideas that they've been talking about for years. The seeds have been planted, and and kudos to those groups that have been doing that sort of outreach, uh, like the NH Liberty and and those sorts of uh, organizations or forums, whatever. Uh, kudos to them for getting that out there, and now they're seeing some fruition with that that seed planting they've been doing. I think um, I think the activism does have an effect. I think the the outs what the outside of the system activism does. If I were to speculate, just uh, based on my own thought process, it would definitely help to accelerate the process of changing. If anything, I think when when the uh, the, the bureaucrats, especially the hardcore long term guys, are there and they've been in office for a while, and it's, and it's been pretty much smooth sailing. And all of a sudden, there's a lot of rests and a lot of news. WMER isn't spending so much time talking about their their benefit for the uh, the neighborhood or whatever that they did. Instead, they're talking about how keen is you know this place of activism. And so, I think it acts as a catalyst, and it definitely speeds the process along. I would like to see more change, where they just basically decide to stop pursuing something, or I mean, altogether end something. You know, instead of legalizing or changing the regulations or, you know, anything like that, I think just stopping laws or getting rid of laws is the best way to go. Just completely eliminating that law that made that illegal instead of, you know, decriminalizing it, whatever it may be. That essentially would be a decriminalization. I mean, too, if you if you just eliminated the, the prohibition, that would be decriminalization. Sure, sure. But there's there's also where it's, you know, it's not a criminal to have this much of it. Or right. There are, there are tweaks right. that are also technically right. de- decriminalization. I agree with you. I, I hope that we'll start to see more radical people being elected and uh, putting forth radical, uh, you know, s- solutions like just eliminating the, the war on drugs right out the gate. Uh, that would be great to have that happen because inevitably when you put something forth that's really uh principled like that the process of politics is going to hammer it back with compromise to something that is less principled so always go for the goal but we've also seen want. we've also seen a local effect too mark and i think you can definitely agree with this is that uh you know the the, the 420 protests when they happened at the beginning there was a couple of arrests and since that happened no one's gotten arrested at central square for smoking pot and that's that that has also held true in other locations. I agree with that. I'm not saying I'm just saying that the the sort of the grumpy observer sure. that reads the newspaper and says those darn free staters and their nonsense. Thank goodness the grumpy observers aren't really doing much besides yeah, anonymously commenting on newspaper forums. Yeah. As I pointed out over at the Free Keen uh, story I, I wrote up last night, wrote up a little blurb about what happened yesterday and posted some selected photos from the event. And one of the pictures was from the the lone counter protester that we had and i'm pretty sure he just happened to be walking through uh at that point um during the day this guy was he was so lost and i explained him last night he didn't even know what he was saying basically so like the one guy that was out against this 420 celebration couldn't even put together a coherent uh two sentences so i mean this is the best that the uh, the opposition has to offer is some cross-eyed dude who uh, doesn't even know what it is that uh, that he's spewing out of his mouth i mean that's how bad it is for these statists they they have to hide behind their keyboards because they don't have anything coherent to say on this issue because as we pointed out if you think about the issue of prohibition for just a little bit, you come to the conclusion that it's crazy, that it's you know it's it's dangerous, and it didn't work before, and it's not working now. No, and I think the, that's a, that's a good point. The whole idea that 
the the, the counter protesters. If we were, you know, if we were talking about protesting something that people felt very passionate about, that they really believed in, I think there would be more of an outcry, more of a public response instead of just. I mean, really, the only counter protesters there are are the people who wear the badges and carry the guns. I mean, that's the counter protest, right? You don't, but you see, they don't need to counter protest. Those that believe that way don't need to counter protest because the guys with the badges are already on their side. Right, but we're also seeing that more and more of these protests are going uninhibited, if you will. Sure. The cops show the up. guys with the badges are annoyed and bored with right, the free exactly. Let's go to your phone calls. John is on the line in Ohio listening to WAIS. Hello, John. Yes, sir. Uh, I think we save a, a bunch of money if we quit flying new pot choppers ever had. Yeah, well, that, uh, Absolutely. I get tired of I get tired of getting woke up every morning with uh, popper, uh, pot choppers in my head. Where are you located? Ohio. Ohio, and are you are you in the rural countryside? I'm in the Bible Belt. Okay. Is that well, a specific anyway, area, I, Ohio? I, I believe that marijuana should be legalized. It's a good medication. I believe you should be able to use it for recreational use. Okay. I'm with you, man. That's the only sensible thing to do. And I thank you, John, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. I've heard you do use it for recreational use. I, I've been known to. I've been known to. Yeah. I could quit any time. So apparently, you can do it. <laughs> so uh, 800-259-9231. is the SACL CAI toll-free line. But yeah, I mean, if, if, if Pam Martin's leaving New Hampshire is a sign of things to come, then I think it's great news because we've, got, we've is... got thousands of people who are pledged to move in, who love liberty, and who are going to get active. And people like Pam Martins, these ardent arch status, they're going to get fed up. At, at some point, they're going to say, screw it, I'm going where it's warmer and where my status buddies move to. Yep. Yep. Good for uh, you. I think that's uh, it's a, there's a bright future here in New Hampshire, and you could come and join us. Go to freestateproject.org. We'll tell you more about the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Great opportunity to come up and check out uh, New Hampshire in a moment, and we'll take your calls about anything. Plus, the good news out of uh, court about pot. It's free talk. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Juicy Juice, 100% juice, providing a full serving of fruit in every four ounces. Visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to nutrition, kids need both fruits and vegetables every day to stay healthy and grow. For the ideal mix, your kid should have at least one and a half cups of any veggie or 100% veggie juice and one cup of any fruit or 100% fruit juice a day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. Coming up, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, June 20th through the 26th. We're going to be there. JJ, in fact, oh you're, yeah, definitely. You're, you're actually working on organizing. organizing the music. That's right, music and the bands. And I think just to add this into the ad section here, I think if people really want to see this uh, this this pork fest be a huge success, they should definitely get their tickets early. They should definitely order those tickets as soon as you can afford to do so, and get your campsite set up and plan ahead because the sites will be. Uh, there will be some some tight uh, areas because the booking is is already very full. Very cool. 
So get get on that right now. It's going to be a lot of fun. Not only will there be live musical performances, it's a week-long event, so there's a lot going on. There are going to be tours of New Hampshire. You'll be able to hop on uh, some sort of a bus and go and, and take a look around the rest of the state and visit Keene, visit Manchester and the seacoast, different interesting places where people have uh, have settled and are planning to settle as part of the Free State Project. Of course, family fun. Lots of uh, family fun activities are being scheduled. Uh, there's agorism in action. People will be selling products and services without begging the state's permission. And lots more. Uh, of course, your typical camping-style activities, uh, adult-themed uh, parties. Uh, it's going to be a blast. So you can go to porkfest.com to get registered today. P-O-R-C, as in porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. You can use our discount code, Free Talk Live with no spaces. Uh, just Free Talk Live, all run together as one word, to save 20% on your registration over at porkfest.com. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live, by the way, from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I actually just called uh, Rogers Campground today just to ensure that I was able to extend my campsite because originally I thought there was going to be another weekend-long event. It's been extended to an entire week. So right. lock in your campsite while they are still available uh, go to porkfest.com to get details on Rogers and how you can get in touch with them. So you need to register for Porkfest and then lock down your your camping details. That's the way you probably want to go about it. We'll look forward to seeing you there. Porkfest.com. As we continue here, we'll take your calls about anything. News out of Boston, CBS. Uh, Boston.cbslocal.com, where the Associated Press is reporting that the odor of burnt marijuana alone is not enough for police to suspect criminal activity. And order a person to get out of a car, according to the state's highest court on Tuesday. Citing, well, that's a it's precedent, but it's not binding precedent to other states. No, that's true. But it's still good news for the folks in yep. Massachusetts, uh, citing a state law that decriminalizes possession of small amounts of the narcotic. Supreme Judicial Court cited a 2008 ballot question in which voters agreed to make possession of one ounce or less a civil rather than criminal violation. Chief Justice Roderick Ireland wrote for the court in a 5-1 ruling that we conclude, uh, conclude that to order a passenger in a stopped vehicle to exit based merely on suspicion of an offense, that the offense must be criminal. So therefore, because of decriminalization, okay. because in Massachusetts, having a small amount of marijuana, less than an ounce, is no longer a criminal offense. It's just now a violation. It's ticketable. But it's it's a violation. In fact, there was actually a story a while back saying that people just aren't even paying the tickets down there. Just in mass, people are just not paying uh, tickets for this particular violation. So the idea being that even a little bit of decriminalization can have far-reaching consequences. We've seen how the war on drugs has been a major factor in destroying the concept of the Fourth Amendment, the idea that you are supposedly have a right to be free from unreasonable search and seizure. Well, of course, the government will say, oh, it's totally reasonable for us to search you if you we think you have Don't marijuana. Don't sweat it. It's reasonable. Yeah, but uh, you know, the concept was that it's your stuff, it's your property, it should be free from search. And until the war on drugs, they weren't as easily able to get away with searching people's cars just on the you know the suspicion because you've got what was dreadlocks. there to look for? Right, you what, know, I mean, a body, know, a dead body, or something like you that. You know, if if you took out the whole prohibition thing, which I'm including uh, gambling, prostitution, drugs, and weapons, uh, th- those are pretty much the uh, the prohibitions out there. What does the cop? have to look for yeah he can pull you over yeah he can give you a speeding ticket there'll still be speeding tickets i'm sure but 
without prohibition, what is there for them to go throw your car all over the f- side of the road for? Right, and we need less police then, too. Right. What are the adrenaline jockeys going to do? What are the chances that they're going to you know, find somebody with a, with a kidnapped person in their trunk? Real yeah, minimal. Very, yeah, extremely. Right, and they would need you know, real probable cause to, to well, try and find somebody. At that point, like that. you'd boom, 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 you know, the person banging on the, the, the back of the car would probably be some kind of indication. Unless they're knocked out. But uh, anyway, my, my point being that because of decriminalization, because this one law was passed taking marijuana from essentially a, you know, a misdemeanor offense down to a violation, knocking it out of criminal status, the court has now ruled that, hey, you, you cops can't do this crap anymore. You can no longer use the fact that marijuana smoke odor is wafting out of a car to assert somebody. You cannot use this to escalate a police encounter. That's huge news. Sure. It's, I mean, just this little baby step, this little change to roll back the state has had far-reaching consequences already in just, what, two years or something like that since this happened? Excuse me, 2008 was when the ballot question happened. I think it went into effect in early 2009. So it's been just over two years where uh, marijuana possession has been decriminalized down there in Massachusetts. And now you've got the Supreme Court of the state of Massachusetts saying, yeah, you, you cops can't do this crap anymore. That's huge. It is huge. It's a, it's a big ruling. I, I wish it was here in New Hampshire. <laughs> well, we haven't had any decriminalization here in New Hampshire yet, Mark, so this ruling wouldn't be possible here. Yep. Um, so, yeah, New Hampshire does have a lot of catching up to do in that area, and hopefully you, if this is an issue that's important to you, will come here and make it happen with us. That's right. Because we're, we're, we're certainly moving the ball forward, man, with the 420 celebrations that are happening like yesterday with over 250 people at, uh, out in front of the state house. You know, it's one, it's one thing to get thousands of people on a college campus in Colorado to smoke pot where yeah it's been decriminalized for the for the most part i mean there's a medical marijuana there and i think there's even been some decrim as far as possession is concerned in places like denver if i'm not mistaken please correct me if i'm wrong coloradoans on that one um so it's not as hard to get people to come out and smoke pot in public if it's already somewhat legal right um so the idea that hundreds of people came out in the face of the prohibition and smoked in New Hampshire I think is uh, is still pretty impressive plus it was 40 degrees out too which is also you know great that people came out in in tough weather like that but the ruling in this case uh the, by the way the court said that Let's see. The, uh, they conclude that a passenger in a stop vehicle to exit based on merely suspicion of an offense, the f- offense must be criminal. They found that the new law provides a clear directive to police departments handing violators, handling violators to treat the commission of this offense as non-criminal and ferreting out decriminalized conduct with the same fervor associated with the pursuit of a serious criminal conduct as neither desired by the public nor in accord with the plain language of the statute. So... The court said there must be additional reasons for police to suspect criminal activity to justify ordering someone to get out of a car. The ruling came when the case of Benjamin Cruz, a passenger inside a stopped car, after a Boston police officer smelling burnt marijuana inside, ordered Cruz to get out. The court found that police permissibly approached the car because it was parked in front of a fire hydrant, but did not have probable cause to order Cruz to step out. As Cruz was getting out, police officers asked him if he had anything on him. They say Cruz replied that he had a little rock for myself in his pocket. Oops. Police say they seized crack cocaine from Cruz and charged him with drug possession with intent to distribute and committing a controlled substance. Yeah, ladies violation. and gentlemen, never, ever, 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 ever admit to stuff like that. Yeah, they're not they're not asking you that so they can help you. Right. Uh, they want to put you in a cage. The Supreme Court, in its ruling, upheld a lower court ruling. Sus- At the very least, make them shake you down and find it. But get this, the lower court ruling that the Supreme Court upheld suppressed the man's statement to police. Because they had illegally asked him to get out, get of, the out of the car in the first place, 
fruit of the poison tree this is the doctrine of the fruit, fruit of the poison tree where if you do something illegal mr copper then anything after that you you can't accept that as uh, as evidence in a case so that got thrown out. She said the, in the dissenting opinion, which was five to one, uh, Justice Judith Cowan said that case law in Massachusetts has always made it clear that police can do a warrantless search of a car if they smell marijuana. Well, guess what, Ms. Cowan? The times they are a-changing, aren't they? <laughs> and five of your cohorts there in the court, which normally the court is all in favor of the police, they couldn't take the police's side in this particular instance because the law was so clear. So it's great news. Uh, she said that the decriminalization of small amounts of marijuana should not change that. I mean, after all, they could have had 20 pounds in their trunk. She said an officer's reasonable suspicion justifies an inquiry and, if necessary, an exit order to determine whether probable cause exists to believe that criminal activity has occurred or is occurring. In this case, the officer's detection of the odor of marijuana provided a basis for reasonable suspicion that the people in the vehicle might be involved in the commission of a crime, said Cowan. Blah, blah, blah. She goes on to uh, continue blathering. 65%, by the way, of voters approved the measure to decriminalize marijuana possession and small amounts of marijuana in 2008. Supporters said the move would spare thousands of people from having criminal records and would save taxpayers $30 million in costs associated with marijuana arrests. And this is one of the things that we're doing in New Hampshire is we're going to increase their costs. Yesterday, I passed out the Don't Take the Plea Deal flyers to the entire crowd of people. They were very receptive of it. If people who are charged with marijuana crimes refuse to take the plea deal and load up the court system with cases... That's going to move things towards change real quick. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is next. You can take control and bring a thing. And now it's time for Letty's Easter Countdown, the part of the radio show where Letty comes out and counts down. It's only three days till Easter. I wonder if the Easter bunny and the Easter ham drew straws. This has been Larry's Easter Countdown. Tune in tomorrow for another Easter message. Veggie Tales presents Twas the Night Before Easter. Get ready to celebrate the season and discover what helping others is really all about. I've been working on an Easter-themed musical. Up with bunnies. We need a star. Cassie Cassava. She's big time. It's an all-new Easter adventure full of bunnies, music, and love. Featuring American Idol finalist Melinda Dooley. Little as Cassie. Helping one another. Veggie Tales was the night before Easter. Available at Walmart, Family Christian stores, and retailers everywhere. Own it today on DVD. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Give you the features there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. All right. So, uh, again, we'll uh, we'll talk to you about whatever you might want to discuss, 800-259-9231. In other news, uh, more national-level news, of course, uh, nationally, there were all kinds of uh, disobedience and non-cooperation going on yesterday with people smoking pot in public all across the country at various different cannabis celebrations. And we've talked about a man named Julian Heiklin in the past, and he's a guy who kind of made a name for himself many years ago by also smoking pot uh, publicly on a college campus. He 
he was a college teacher uh, at the time and was arrested for it. In fact, Julian Heichlin has been arrested more than 30 times in the last couple of decades. And maybe probably 10 times within the last few years. The guy has moved on from marijuana disobedience, though. He has now, uh, most recently in his life, been doing jury nullification outreach. He has been... Uh, going to courthouses across the country, and specifically federal courthouses, but not just federal courthouses. Uh, but anyway, he's been targeting courthouses where jurors may be attracted to, they may be being called to jury duty, and he's handing out uh, pamphlets, he's handing out information by the Fully Informed Jury Association. You can get their information over at fija.org, F-I-J-A.org. And in in a nutshell, uh, jury nullification. JJ, do you want to, uh, I guess, take a shot at describing what that is? Sure. I guess it's the uh, convincing the jury that they have a right to vote their conscience, convincing the prospective jurors that they can choose to, if they feel, ignore the law, ignore what the judge and the prosecutor and the state wishes them to believe, and instead be a human being. Well, this has been their thousand-year right, too. Juries have sure. all along been able to do that. It's only been in the last few decades that the judicial system has decided that we are just too stupid to be able to decide what is right and what is wrong, and we need the laws for that. Right, right, exactly. Well, I, I think it just goes back to, I mean, I wanted to focus on the idea of the human being versus mm-hmm. the words on paper versus some uh, machination created by this uh, this bureaucracy I think that's the big separation that I see is the state wants you to, to be like words on paper. They, they want you to be a robot. Yeah, black and white. One or two or one or zero. You know, this is how it is. Either and this person has committed this crime by the law or the person has not. It is your, your job to decide. Jury. Right. And then human beings understand that there are multiple levels of gray instead of just a black and white system. And they understand that there's different circumstances and different reasons why people would do certain things. And people have opinions about the law, too, sure. as they should. Yeah, and, and that will definitely have a, a, a way of influencing someone's decision in that jury box or whatever. So I think uh, Fiji is actually one of the the best ways to go out there and do outreach because you're affecting the core of the problem. I mean, if you don't like the fact that it's prohibition, then convince juries to not convict people of you know marijuana charges or whatever it is. That, that essentially would end prohibition. I mean, if juries w- weren't convicting people first, well, I guess on two counts. If people were refusing to take the plea bargain, sure, because yes. if you get everybody getting arrested for pot and they all take the plea bargain, then you've got a war on drugs. But if you refuse to take the plea bargain, go to trial, whether it's a jury trial or not, you're clogging up the system. If it's a jury trial and the juries actually know about jury nullification and they disagree with the war on drugs, they can end that prosecution right there in yep. a heartbeat. Uh, so, and if the prosecutors know that they can't get one single case through, they're just going to give up and they're just going to start dropping these charges. And if they, they start dropping the charges, then the police will stop charging people in the, in the first place before the law even changes. You could change the law by the process of jury nullification and non-cooperation. It doesn't have to be done through the legislature. And then eventually the legislature is going to be like, oh, I guess we should change the law now because right. it's not being enforced anymore. Right. It can't be enforced. Right. If the people... You know, and then I don't really like the idea of going in front of a court and and doing this whole whole thing. I mean, it's it's terrible. Doing what? Uh, doing the do you know, pleading out your case and and sitting there and basically following their rules and and uh, kowtowing when they want you to kowtow and mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. But if you're going to 
defend your your position, your principle of being your own person and and owning your own body, you do have to go through certain inconveniences. Uh, obviously, the first one is getting arrested, and then the second one is is telling the the state that you don't want the plea bargain and that you'd rather have a trial, and then trying to pursue that to a jury trial. Because here in Keene, like they'll try to get you to have a trial in front of the judge first mm-hmm. and then uh certain activists ian included have used this rule to circumvent that that tri- trial in front of the magistrate or whatever right to jump straight to a jury trial and that's when you can have the real effect as far as challenging the law when you can actually talk to a jury of your peers or of your uh, neighbors and, and community members that's when you can actually start to not only get the law nullified in your favor, but also persuade people and change people's minds at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And we're starting to see that happen here. So you can go to Fiji.org to learn more. But Julian Heichlin has to be the most prominent fully informed jury activist, the most prominent jury nullification activist out there. He's a man who is about 80 years old. I think he's maybe 79. He is essentially an octogenarian. This guy has, yep. he, he's done. He's got his kids. They're grown up. They're out of the house. He doesn't have any kids to worry about feeding. Uh, so he can get arrested for doing these things, and he's not worried. He doesn't have a job to go to on Monday morning. You know, he's he's completely his own man. He's he's retired, and he's dedicated his it's apparently the rest of his life to reaching out to folks on the topic of jury nullification. And so he's been traveling around and going to different courts. Been arrested a number of times at federal courthouses and charged with a bunch of nonsense. Usually they end up dropping the charges. Usually they end up letting him out. The reason they end up arresting him is to get him away. They want him out of the people. They don't want people to see him. They don't want people to to hear about jury nullification. Or to be inspired by him. Right. They'll just arrest him to get him away from the scene. Yes. And uh, that said, he is still facing some charges in federal court. But nonetheless, despite facing criminal charges, he continues on. He continues on to different courthouses. And occasionally he'll send out an email. I think his website is tyrannyfighters.com. And occasionally he'll send out an email to his email list, just kind of uh, summing up what he's done in the last week or so. So I'm going to give you an excerpt here from one of his latest emails to kind of give you a peek into what Ju- uh, Julian Heiklin is up to today, uh, these days. April 15th is when this one uh, happened in Los Angeles, California. Now, L.A., the second largest metro in the entire country. He's traveling all over the country doing this. Right. And this guy, you would think that in L.A., that he would have some support. L.A. Right. Just this year, year numbers. 10 million people or something like that. Home of Libertopia, right? It's, it's huge. It's huge. So you would think somebody like Julian Heichlin, who is so high profile, would have, I don't know, five people come out to support him <laughs> in L.A.? Because remember, when Julian Heichlin came here to New Hampshire to do it, his outreach, after he'd been arrested in, uh, in Pennsylvania, in Allentown, Pennsylvania, at a federal court, he continued going to federal courts kind of up the East Coast. He comes to uh, Concord, New Hampshire, to the federal courthouse there. There were 30 to 40 liberty-loving people out there standing with him. Those cops didn't come anywhere near Julian Heichlin. Right. They didn't even come out to try to threaten Julian Heichlin here in New Hampshire. But in Los Angeles, take a guess at how many people came out to support him. Oh, if he had one, I'd be impressed. I'm going to say zero. Well, <laughs> you're both kind of right, because the one guy who came out to support him drove all the way from San Francisco. Oh, wow. Well, good for him. Who was Anyway, it? good for Yeah, John Burton, a tyranny fighter who had driven from the San Francisco uh, Bay Area, 
Anyway, so let me uh, continue his story here. Uh, so he went to the municipal county courthouse. In this case, not just just the local uh, courthouse. It was a warm and sunny day, and uh, there was a long line of people along the wall of the courthouse waiting in line to enter the courthouse. After John took a few pictures, I approached the line and started to distribute the fully informed jury pamphlet called a primer or primer for prospective jurors with my insert. Immediately, a county sheriff approached and said that I could not distribute on court property. At first, I ignored him, but he was joined by other sheriffs. I was informed that I would be arrested unless I moved off court property and onto the municipal sidewalk. I did this for a few minutes, but there was a very little pedestrian traffic there, which is, of course, why they put him there. Right? Uh, I returned to the long line along the courthouse wall and began distributing a few flyers. Three deputy sheriffs came over and said that I would be arrested unless I moved. I ignored them. We'll continue with his story and what happened. Here in moments at 800-259-9231, you can take control of the airwaves. Go LA activists, way to support uh, one of your own. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll free line. And if people wonder why we think New Hampshire is the solution, getting activists together in the same place, we'll continue Julian's story here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. Hunting, shooting, camping, apparel, auto ATV, tactical gear, survival equipment. OutdoorBunker.com is your one-stop discount shop for all your outdoor survival needs. From scopes, holsters, and knives to backpacks, flashlights, sleeping bags, and more, OutdoorBunker.com features a massive selection at incredible prices. Orders over $100 get free shipping. FTL listeners, get the UTG Deluxe Universal Horizontal Shoulder Holster for only $9.95. I've got mine. Get yours at OutdoorBunker.com slash FTL now. Live. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. By the way, we've been talking about uh, taking your your case to trial rather than taking a plea bargain. Yeah, there's a little bit of risk involved in that, and uh, any time that – well, that's part of how we get liberty in our lifetime is we take a little bit of risk yep. on behalf of the idea of advancing liberty. But you can mitigate that risk to some extent by knowing what you're doing when it comes to court, right? Right. You mitigate the risk, and don't forget, if you quote-unquote win the court case, you don't have any punishment. If you take the plea bargain, you're certain to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without lawyers who have to know what it takes to win, how to move the court, how to, to you know uh, question people and do all the things that you have to do because you can't just wander in there one day and expect it to work out for you it works for plaintiffs or defendants it costs less than an hour with any good lawyer and it's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete 44 cd course in a single weekend you can get it at jurisdictionary.com i've bought the course bought it myself uh, i think it's a great course jurisdictionary.com all right, so uh, we'll continue here the story about Julian Heiklin. He is a jury nullification activist, the most prominent that I know of in this country. He travels around the country, and he must be spending his savings to do it. I, uh, that's my guess, because the guy is essentially his he's retirement age, and he is standing up for your right to nullify. To He's trying to inform potential jurors and people that they have the right to nullify, meaning that when they're sitting on a jury, when you are sitting on a jury, if you're sitting on a jury for a case where it's a law that you disagree with, like, say, the war on drugs, 
you could just say not guilty. It doesn't matter if you caught the, if the cops caught the guy with 20 pounds of, uh, of cocaine or pot or whatever. It doesn't matter if he admitted to having it in his car. It doesn't matter. If you think the law is bad, you can nullify it. You can vote not guilty because of that. And there's nothing that they can do to you for following your conscience. That's there's right. No, there's no way they can punish you for that. So Ju- Julian Heichlin is trying to bring this truth to jurors because it's been locked out of many courtrooms around the country. This information is essentially, it's a secret. They do not want jurors to know this. And if you say it in court, you could get in trouble. You would, yeah. There's the, the threat of contempt. There's strike that from the record. There's don't but, even don't even listen to this guy. That happens in a lot of courtrooms. Yeah. Thankfully, in New Hampshire, I've seen two cases now in front of juries where that has not happened, where jury nullification has been presented. There's a bill in front of the, uh, I think it's the Senate now. Uh, I believe it passed the House. I don't know. I, I heard to, they voted on this bill this week, the one you're talking about. I have where, to check on it um, to to know what the disposition is. But there's a bill being you know deliberated upon here in New Hampshire that will. Inform juries. The judge will have to inform juries themselves, right? Which will be great wow. if that uh, goes through, or when that goes through. If it's not this time, it'll be eventually. So we're it's working true. on that, and I'm sure Julian would appreciate that. But there are a lot of other places where there's a lot of oppression going on. In this case, Julian is in Los Angeles at the courthouse. There, he's backed up by one activist with a camera, and he's handing out uh, flyers to people that are waiting in line to go inside. He's threatened by the sheriffs. They tell him he's going to be arrested, and he continues on and ignores them. He says that uh, then he ignored them. And John had not distributed any pamphlets. It's a man with a camera, but pulled out his camera to take pictures. Both of us were ordered to put our hands behind our backs. I asked if I was under arrest and told yes. I fell to the ground and became both physically and vocally unresponsive. John did the same thing. The medics were called and told to come to the courthouse. One of John's hands was cuffed when Deputy Sergeant Long approached and yelled at the other deputy sheriffs to uncuff us and leave us alone, which was done. We both stood up and were handed copies of the court order, but were informed that we were not under arrest. That's confusing. It was now about 9.15 in the morning. The medics arrived, uh, ascertained that we were all right and left. Sergeant Long gave us copies of the court order, which had been issued by presiding Judge Lee Smalley Edmond on January 24th, but said that sheriffs had no authority to make an arrest. I asked if I could see the judge. At 9.30, Deputy Sheriff Lieutenant Mack arrived. He said he would try to arrange a meeting. He left, but Sergeant Long was left to stay with us. We had a long, informative, and pleasant conversation. He was in intermittent contact with Lieutenant Mack by cell phone. Finally, we were notified that the commander of the sheriffs had contacted the judge and informed him that we wished to talk with him. After another long wait, Sergeant Long and we decided that the judge was not going to see us. I announced that I was going back to distribute pamphlets. Sergeant Long agreed that we could do this. His authority ended with giving us notice of the court order. However, he said that I would be videotaped. At 11 in the morning, I returned to the courthouse wall and distributed the flyers to people in the line entering the courthouse. There were three deputy sheriffs present, but they did not approach me. One of them was videotaping me. At 11.30, we left the courthouse, and I had passed out about 30 flyers. John and I then proceeded to a different courthouse, the United States Courthouse in Los Angeles, arrived at 12.15. We stood on the sidewalk in front of the courthouse, which was on federal property. We never saw a guard or police officer. John left me at 12.45, and I stayed alone until 1.05 and distributed about 25 flyers. So they... They attempted to arrest this guy, but then backed down in this particular case. Very interesting what uh, what happened here. And there's more to his story here in, in just a moment. But there's all kinds of things that can happen in, the, in these cases. But the important thing is Julian is willing to push it that far. Right. He never once really backed down. He kind of walked away for a short bit at one point and then came right back up and started doing what he was doing before. He 
he'll push it all the way just to see exactly where they're going to draw the line. And in, in this case, they uh, they redrew the line. They had him in cuffs, and then they uncuffed him and decided, no, 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 we, we're not going to get into this. We're not going to mess with this guy. Right. I, I think for Julian especially, he's he's experienced in this process. He knows what happens when you get arrested. The, the entire idea is demystified for him. So he knows what to expect, and he knows, oh, so they're going to put me in cuffs. I'm going to go and fill out some paperwork. They're going to make me want to sign this, and then they're going to let me go on personal recognizance or whatever. Mm-hmm. Usually that's what happens. So he's willing to take this, this uh, inconvenience that comes with the activism, the the punishment or the uh, I guess the the pound of flesh that you have to put into this sort of sort of activism and uh, still stand his ground. I think that's a testament to this guy, and he should have a lot more supporters. I hope he in, in, inspires people too. As and well. he may know what it's like to get arrested, but it it changes in every location. And this is Los Angeles, where the police department there is not known for its uh, light hand in dealing with That's people. True. The Los Los Angeles Police Department is one of the most uh, you know been rated one of the most violent police departments in america now i'm not sure if he dealt with lapd or court officials right or whatever but it still creates a atmosphere if the lapd um is one way then likely the la county sheriff uh you know yeah Mm -hmm. it gets gets a little bit of that just kind of in their attitude so you know i'm really happy that it went the way it did and it just goes to show how nonviolent activism really works these guys didn't know what to do with him these guys who spend a lot of times putting a lot of uh, billy clubs on uh, up the side of a lot of people's heads said i don't know what to do with this old guy so he continues here he writes about the scam he says i've distributed literature at 29 federal courthouses i have not been arrested at 25 of these at the u.s district court for the southern district of new york i've been there 12 times but arrested only 10 times for distributing literature these charges have all been dismissed by the U.S. attorney. I have been arrested once at each, or excuse me, once each at three other federal courts. In Newark, New Jersey, the federal attorney has notified the court that he will move for dismissal at the May 26th court hearing. In Springfield, I was arrested on June 23rd. I did not, uh, 2010. I did not pay the fine, nor did I appear at the scheduled court hearing. I doubt that anything further will occur. On April 14th, I was arrested in Santa Ana, California, for failure to obey the order uh, order of a court officer to desist, but I was not charged with unlawfully distributing flyers. Continue with his analysis here of what's going on uh, these federal courthouses in a moment at 800-259-9231. You can join us and bring up anything you want. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of these airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there completely free. Freetalklive.com features things like our mobile site. You can go and get quick access to our live streams as well as our podcast over at m.freetalklive.com. That's m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. It's the shirt that you use most, the white dress shirt. And Paul Frederick has it for you in athletic trim 
big and tall for nineteen ninety five. You cannot find a shirt that fits you. Well, it's unlikely. It's difficult to find a shirt that's going to fit you for nineteen ninety five. And your time is valuable. You can go to to nineteen ninety five shirt dot com. Use promo code TUCK. Get a shirt that fits in more than fifty five sleeve, fit, and collar combinations. And I don't know, guys. I don't know if it's if you if I'm the only guy in the world that has this problem, but. You know, I can't find the ones that fit. The, either the sleeves are too short, the collar's too tight, the waist is too big. You can get it monogrammed also. And everybody, I mean, you know when you've seen a man with a monogrammed shirt, it looks, it, it really just sets it off. Go to 1995shirt.com, use promo code TUCK. All right, so 800-259-9231 is a number here. We're giving you the latest on Julian Heichlin, the super activist. And I mean super activist. That's right. That is uh, going around the country from courthouse to courthouse and doing fully informed jury outreach. He is giving flyers to people that are outside of courthouses in the attempt to inform them the uh, the right to nullify a verdict, their right to nullify the law, to say not guilty in a case if they're on a jury, to say not guilty based on their opinion about the law, not whether the law was violated, but their opinion about whether they think the law is any good or not. And it's a really powerful form of outreach. We do it here in, uh, in New Hampshire. Uh, it happens up in uh, the Grafton Superior Court and Keene uh, Cheshire Superior Court as well. And actually, there just haven't been very many opportunities because most people don't take trials to juries. Most people take plea bargains. And so in the last few months, there have only been a handful of times when we've actually been able to, uh, to hand out these flyers uh, to folks. I'd be interested to know what kind of impact our uh, don't take the plea deal outreach has had um, if there was some sort of you know statistical numbers we could garner from the uh, the bureaucrats as to the number of cases uh, caseload and whatnot be it, it would be worth looking into I mean, certainly the reception for the don't take the plea deal flyer was very good yesterday at the 420 celebration but anyway to uh, to get back to Julian Heiklin uh, so he is was in Los Angeles and he's kind of recapping uh, Guy's been arrested multiple times at 29 federal courthouses. He's been arrested at four out of those 29. And at one of those courthouses, he's been arrested 10 times. And that was the one in uh, New York, in New York City. And then he's uh, talking about how in many cases he's been charged with the unlawful distribution of handbills. And we know that our friend Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com has faced this charge. I think it was well, actually it was Russell Canning, another one of the activists up here in New Hampshire, has faced this charge. It's a federal charge where they're actually charging you with a federal crime for passing out information to people. It's yeah, handbills. I mean, it's not like they've got uh, you know little little cards for a strip club. They're not pushing. Uh, they're not soliciting people. They're they're informing people. This is essentially a protest of the form of speech. Mm-hmm. It is protected by the first, first Amendment. Where else would it be protected but on the steps of a courthouse? Well, you would and, hope it would be protected, but it's not. Um, because well, that's they because do governments they don't protect rights. That's right. because we've been sold a bill of uh, a false bill of goods here. The American people believe that their government, that the the Bill of Rights protects them, that somehow that this is the truth. It's because they've never done it. It's because they've never protested. That's right. The and people who protect the rights are people like Julian Heichlin. Exactly. They say stupid crap like, "Our boys in the military have fought <laughs> and died for your right yeah. to do that." No. Really. 
Apparently, right. they fought and died for nothing then right. because they're arresting an 80-year-old man on the steps of federal courthouses for passing out information about people's thousand-year right as jurors to nullify the law. And JJ, your point is spot on. It is people like Julian, the people that are willing to be arrested, the people that are willing to take a risk, they're the ones that protect rights because your rights are worth crap if you aren't willing to stand up for them. And that's what Julian Heichlin is doing. And he's going to bemoan the fact here in a moment that he feels alone. We continue with his uh, his post here where he's talking about how in three cases where he's been arrested at these federal courthouses, one of the charges is going to be dismissed. That's what the uh, this federal attorney has said in Newark. In another case in Springfield, Massachusetts, he says he doesn't think anything's going to happen there. And then in Santa Ana, California, he was arrested for failure to obey the order of a court officer to desist, but was not charged with unlawfully distributing flyers. He says, in practice, the Homeland Security regulation against distributing literature on federal property is dead. That charge is not made anymore. The scam is, however, that the Santa Annual, excuse me, that at the Santa Ana Federal Court, one is asked to leave because there is a regulation against distributing literature without a permit. However, if one fails to comply, he is not so charged. He is instead charged for failure to obey an order of a police officer without specifying what the order was. I will not pay the $250 fine, nor will I appear for my July 6th court date. I do not, which I, I think is incredibly ballsy. And I, that's not even something I recommend doing at this point because they will come to your house and uh, in most cases they will track you down and, and arrest you if you miss a court date. Well, the reason he's doing it is, is he assumes he only has a few years left. So if they hassle him, it just gives him more uh, publicity for his, his goal. So uh, he goes on to say that uh, he won't pay the fine and he's not showing up at court. He says, I don't expect them to arrest me and transport me to California to pay a $250 fine since it has not done so when I ignored the citation from Springfield, Massachusetts. So that's his reason for not going to the court. Uh, The more serious scam is the one being done by the municipal courts. The chief judge issues an order prohibiting the distribution of literature with the threat of a contempt of court charge. In Los Angeles, one of the provisions of the court order is, quote, No person shall engage in any prohibited activity within 25 feet from either side of or in front of the intersection of a walkway and the public sidewalk or within 25 feet from either side of or in front of a doorway to a courthouse. The judge knows that he cannot enforce the order. But the general public does not. Everyone except me will obey the order. So the court has eliminated almost all of the nuisance. At municipal courts in Orlando, Florida, and Los Angeles, California, I was not arrested for violating the order. Three times he violated it in Orlando and once in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, the sheriffs actually told John Burton and I that they had no authority to arrest. In Orlando, the American Jury Institute, with the aid of the American Civil Liberties Union, is legally fighting the order. They will surely win. But meanwhile, and how long is that going to take? Years? Meanwhile, the judges will delay a decision for years, so the scam will be effective. Both the American Jury Institute and the Campaign for Liberty, which has been distributing the literature in Orlando, do not allow their representatives to be arrested. So they have discontinued distribution in Orlando. They are allowing themselves to be scammed by the court. And my membership in the American Jury Institute, which is, I think, the new name for FIJA, has been discontinued. Julian Heikland, who for years had handed out fully informed jury association information or the American Jury Institute, has resigned his membership because they don't support civil disobedience. They don't support people doing what Julian does and going in and just saying, 
Screw you and your order, Mr. Robed Man. I'm going to continue passing out this literature despite whatever it is you jotted down on that piece of paper over there. Mm. And he's bemoaning the fact he feels like he's the only one. Now, we know that's not true because the guys in Orlando, it's not just the Campaign for Liberty that's, that was supporting this. It's uh, John Kurtz and, his, and some of his uh, fellow activists out there, people who'd come up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival last year here in New Hampshire, people who were inspired by the things that were going on here, the civil disobedience that was going on here in New Hampshire. They were so inspired by it, they started doing civil disobedience down in Orlando, where admittedly, it's a little more risky uh, to do it down there. And they came to back up Julian Heichlin when he came out to, to hand out these flyers. On that day, on that day it was just Julian doing it but it's my understanding that john kurtz is planning to come back with some of his friends and they will do that distribution good for them so julian you aren't alone but i understand why you feel like you are because for the most part you are for the most part people aren't willing to stand up for freedom and it's sad you know if he comes to new hampshire he's never going to have all the success he wants to have has already been had here in new hampshire you could pass out that literature here so that he has to go around the country and do that all right more coming up here your thoughts are welcome 800-259-9231 it's free talk live MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you would like at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. By the way, quick update, uh, freekeen.com is where you can go to get the videos, all all of them that I know that exist at this point, three of them uh, that I have found Thanks to uh, Biker Bill and Jason Talley for doing the shooting yesterday. Their videos are up. You can see video footage of the 420 rally that happened yesterday at the State House in Concord. Uh, you know, at least 25 minutes worth of footage is up there for you, including everything from the huge crowd outside and some of the things that went on with the chalking and the, the attempted security crackdown on the chalkers, which failed uh, thanks to <laughs> some cop blocking by some activists. Uh, and also the inside, people just walked like throngs of people walking through. Through the state house, singing in the uh, the state house lobby. It's all on video and it's all over at freekeen.com, so you can see it there for yourself. We're talking about Julian Heichlin, who is a heroic activist that I wish I wish he had the support he was looking for, uh, because he is bemoaning in a recent uh, blog post, a recent email blog, where he's given folks an update on what he's been up to and talking about how. These judges around the country that are issuing orders trying to prevent people from handing out jury nullification information to potential jurors, uh, they're, they're just bluffing. And he's called them on their bluff. And he points out that he has stood up and he has refused to obey these orders and continued to hand out the flyers and was not arrested in any of the attempts in which he'd done this, where he called attention to himself. Where it was, it was really clear what he was doing, where he was clearly violating the order of the man in the robe. And they did nothing to him. 
And yet he is bemoaning the fact that other people won't do it with him, that other people are not doing it, that he feels like he's the only one. Now, we know it's not true. We know that uh, that in Orlando there's some activists there that are willing to stand up and they're willing to do civil disobedience. Uh, in here in New Hampshire, there have you know the people here. We know they're willing to do civil disobedience, and so I emailed Julian real quick there during the break just to let him know, hey, you're not alone, and that there are people at least here in New Hampshire that that are interested in in doing civil disobedience. And I know he must know how great things are in New Hampshire because he did come here to visit the uh, the federal courthouse. It was actually last year. Right before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. So Julian actually came not only to the federal courthouse and did his thing there and was backed up by about 30 or 40 people that day. But then the week after that, he came up to uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival for, I think, a day or two and uh, you know got to meet a lot of the activists up here, which anytime you can come out and be around hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people, make the point to do so. Wasn't his uh, his planned uh, distribution during Porkfest? I, I I think I recall for some reason people went to a courthouse you're, you're during right. Porkfest. Yeah, it, w- it was like on a Wednesday or something yes. like that. And I think officially Porkfest started on a Thursday. So technically it was... It okay, was you're, the- you're right. But it was Porkfest for me. Right. You were at Porkfest. <laughs> it was the early Porkfest. And that's why they expanded Porkfest to a full week this year. Officially, that's right. Because so many so, people felt the same way. Yeah, it's just so popular. So, uh, so I don't know what else to do besides just put the word out there about Julian. I, I mean, we do whatever we can to talk about what he's up to. Because I think, you know, clearly we talk a lot about what goes on in New Hampshire. That's where we live. There's a lot of exciting activism going on here. But if there's something interesting that happens in other parts of the country, like in Orlando or in Austin, for instance, uh, where there are some really neat liberty activism things happening i like to bring that information out on the air and, and show those those folks appreciation because oh, you don't have to be in new hampshire to do these things but it does help to have more than one person doing them eh, preferably more than two as well because the, the more of you there are the better off your chances usually if you can outnumber the police they won't even touch you you don't really have much to worry about if you've got better numbers than they do. But if it's one or two people out in front of a courthouse, you can pretty much guarantee they're going to mess with you. And it's always good to have, you know, in, in Julian's situation like that, that story that he, you had just spoke about where that the sidewalk area could be standed upon and people could hand out stuff according to this this order. Well, it's good to have, you know, multiple cameras there and one camera on on you know, supposedly safe ground, capturing the entire incident mm-hmm. uh, is always good. That can someone who can get it back to the internet and upload it as soon as possible, and then try to garner support. So that's that's one way of looking at it: is cover it from multiple angles, not only for you know editing later, of course, but for also the security purposes of getting that sort of information into hands that it won't be seized out of or yep. arrested. So, and the more people you have, the more cameras, the less likely they're going to be able to grab all the footage. the The more likely somebody's going to be on hand with a Android or iPhone uh, or BlackBerry with their Quick dot com software or some other software that's going to live stream it to the internet to make sure that they can't get their hands on it. I'm still looking for that little handy camera that uh, can upload straight to the internet uh, with one button click. You know, I'm I'm yeah, looking I'd say for that. You're probably a little ways out on that. Probably but, a couple uh, of years. It's possible. Like the technology would be there if. The, the trick with that be, would be that the phone Consumer itself – Well, the trick with that uh, – the technical aspect of it is that, that, that is tricky is that right now you can get internet access wirelessly two ways primarily. You can get it by Wi-Fi, so from a local access point, mm-hmm. uh, or you can get it from cell phone. Yep. So your camera device that you're talking about, Mark, would have to essentially be – you're just talking about a camera. 
That's all it does. It's just a camera. I, I'd like something that's convenient. Um, you know, the, the Quick.com is convenient. I don't know how, how many button pushes are you away from doing it. Two or three. What's your uh, cost? Um, you've, you've $80 got, a month. You've got $80 a month in uh, your data plan, plus uh, whatever one of the new fancy phones mm-hmm. is. Plus, you give up whatever privacy that you may have because, uh, you know, whatever the cell phone provider if you're gonna is, be an activist out in you, front, you around. If you're going to be an activist out on the front lines, you've given up your privacy. Yeah. If you're looking for privacy, there are behind-the-scenes activism things that you can do. But, yeah, Ian is definitely not private, and I don't think I am either. Yeah, so... Uh, what I'm trying to tell you, Mark, is that your vision is probably not very likely because of the idea of convergence. Are you familiar with this concept? Uh, Tell me about it. Convergence is where different uh, things that we've been using in the past are coming together. So, for instance, you know, you had a television set. Now you've got a television set that has Internet built into it, that is Blu-ray built into it, that has, you know, a web browser. And and you've got your cell phone now, which used to just be a phone. Now it's a camera. Now it's a video camera. Now it's a text messaging device. Now it's an email device. You've got convergence. It's a video gaming platform. I mean, these things are coming together and they're coming into one thing. Yeah. Now, the, the market is competing to see what those things would be. You've got tablets. You've <laughs> FM got, radios? Uh, they're, they're, some of them have FM my, radios. My cell right, phone, because the NAB is beating them over the head. No, my smartphone can have FM radio if I use an uh, a earbud sort of into the jack. Yeah, awesome. so some of them, some of them have that. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's what convergence is, and that's why I think it's very unlikely you're going to have a camera that's sole purpose is to upload to the internet. We already have those in the form of smartphones, and uh, it, it wouldn't be hard for Quick.com or one of those other companies to modify their software to where you could have like a one-hit record. And there are kind of workarounds to where you can do that. So my point being that if it were going to be an actual camera device, it would have to have either a Wi-Fi card in it, and then you'd have to log into every Wi-Fi access point. So you'd have to that prepare, work, yeah. which would be a huge hassle. So wherever you ended up going to, you'd have to search for the Wi-Fi points, log into the point, hope that there was one that was open for access. So that's pretty difficult to do if you're needing it in a hurry. And then also the only other way would be to have a cam- the camera have a cell phone signal uh, in there, which then you're paying for a cell phone access plan just to have a camera. Yeah. So it just seems very unlikely that what you're saying will ever become uh, a reality because smartphones have already gotten there and you can do email and stuff like that, too, with them. So we continue here with your phone calls. Uh, Perry is on the line in Texas. Perry, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. Um, yes, um I have a question. Um, I just recently, I'm an engineer for the uh, for the phone company, mm-hmm. and I just um, put in, um, I, I signed the offer letter and everything, and, and, and put in for a job over in Afghanistan. But my question is, what is that, how can you connect that with this new world order? Um, you know, because I noticed that I mm-hmm. overheard, you know, uh, somebody saying that uh, the taxpayers are, are paying these, the contractors that are over there, horrendous amounts of money, and the taxpayers are the ones putting the bill, and there mostly are, are contractors over there that are losing their lives opposed to the military troops that are. But the media on ABC, CBS, all these media shows, they won't, they won't disclose that. They won't even let you know any of that information. They disclose that information. I'm not certain. I'm I'm really clear on on what your question is here. Um, where does that, where is the the new world order connecting in with 
hiring contractors over in, in Afghanistan? Where did that connect? I'll tell you what. I'm going to put you on hold here, Perry. Uh, this question deserves, I think, a lengthier answer than we can wrap up in the remainder of this particular hour. But our third hour is on the way here shortly. What I want, We'll come back to this whole New World Order thing. A lot of people like to throw that around as a buzzword. And I don't really know what it means. I can kind I of speculate. the WWE has New World Order. I can, <laughs> so I can speculate on it. But we'll come back to his question in a moment. I want to make sure we give you a VeggieTales DVD, though, right now. Uh, we've been doing these all week long. You can get a copy by calling in at 603-435-1105. It's Twas the Night Before Easter. Yep. That is going to be yours on DVD. If you call in now, we'll do it to the first caller in the gate, 603-435-1105. You can, of course, take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Hour 3 next. This is Free Talk Live. It's the shirt you wear most. An essential in any professional man's wardrobe. It's the white dress shirt. And for over half a century, the Paul Frederick White Penpoint Oxford dress shirt has set the standard for quality, comfort, and style. It regularly starts at $40 or more. But we're so confident that it will become your favorite shirt, we're making it available at the exclusive introductory price of only $19.95. Go to 1995shirt.com and choose our classic button-down with button cuffs or our traditional straight collar with either button or French cuffs. Choose from regular, trim, and big and tall sizes with 55 combinations of collar and sleeve lengths for an exact fit. Order today and you'll also receive free monogramming and $8.50 value. Go to 1995shirt.com right now to order your Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt for just $19.95. Enter promo code TUCK. That's 1995shirt.com. Promo code TUCK.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. JJ. And Mark. And we're going to go right back into your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Now, Perry is on the line here in Texas. And uh, Perry, are you still with us? Yes, I am. Yes, okay. I am. So, I'm Perry, still here. let me see if I can recap uh, what your question was, because I was a little confused by it. I'm sure I'll get it wrong, so please correct me uh, when I get it wrong. But uh, you said you're a telephone uh, contractor. You're looking at a possible job in Afghanistan, and you're wondering something about uh, the contractors over there being killed and the New World Order, uh, the, this kind of this concept which is thrown around a lot on the conspiracy uh, talk radio shows that suggests that there's a, you know, a group of uh, politicians or you know, muckety-mucks, rich, rich people or whatever that want to uh, control the world and, and put in a one-world government or, or something like that. Uh, so what, did I kind of recap your question? Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. It was mostly just entailed in, in with um, the... Like you said, the buzzword, the New World Order, uh, in regards to why they're basically sprinkling freedom dust over in Afghanistan to create like a capitalist country, you know, and why we have to flip the bill, you know. And mostly, you know, mostly in curtail to, to my question, you know, why we have to go over there 
when this war really shouldn't even exist in the first place. I, I mean, I think Perry, be there. Perry, if you want to term it in a way that, that more people will probably be uh, understanding of, maybe call it the military-industrial complex. I think that might be a better way of saying that, that uh, you will be a part of this this corporate machine mm-hmm. that is... And it's not really taking taxpayer money because taxpayer money isn't really going to fund the war in Iraq. There isn't enough, ta- or in Afghanistan, there isn't enough taxpayer money collected, at least from the uh, the income tax and whatnot to to do this. Most of this war is being done by by borrowing and inflating the currency. So mm. I think yes, if you go and and uh, take this job in Afghanistan as a contractor, you will definitely be part of the state. Uh, corporate machine out there. Right, and if you believe in this idea of this new world order, but I agree with JJ, uh, I don't focus right. on those terms. If you do believe in that concept, then yeah, you'd be an ex- essentially an extension of, of them and what they're doing. But you are definitely an extension of the military-industrial complex at, at the very least, which is something that uh, exists for the benefit of those who are in uh, positions of power and at the, the beck and call of those who are in the positions of power. And plus, you're putting your life on the line as well. I mean, there's also that aspect yeah. that uh, you know, you could be killed. So I'm sure the offer is very, very good. I mean, these people do yeah, have a lot of money to throw around. Exactly. You're going to probably make a lot of money off of this deal. But there's a, there's a lot of unintended consequences that I think go along with this sort of uh, venture. Uh, and if you're of the liberty mindset or if you're in that sort of place where you are making changes in your life to reflect your principles and the way that you believe or the way that you see the world is... Um, then maybe this isn't the right decision for you. you but know, it I depends. always wonder about this, though. Um, you know, when it, if he doesn't go, there are a hundred telephone contractors that are lined up to take that eighty grand a year or whatever they're they're offering, the hundred and twenty grand a year. So, does it matter? Well, I think it matters to him. Mark. It may. It would matter to me. I would not want to work for such an organization. I would not want. Maybe to, this want... maybe this position is better for a more statist contractor. I, I mean, maybe that would fit him better. I wouldn't want my paycheck to be coming from theft and extortion and coercion. I wouldn't want those things to be the case. And if I were you, and you've already expressed a disinterest in the war, you you don't think it should be happening, uh, right, Perry? Right. You're 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 exactly right. And that's you know. Then you're just enabling you them. Threw, exactly. I mean, what you threw out there was just basically what I was feeling for, you know, the past. Uh, a few weeks, you know, going through the process and getting the security clearance, and you know, I believe your cell phone, man. But I, I see where you're coming from, and I thank you for the call and the uh, the question tonight. The and, guy uh, from the phone company's phone call broke. Hope, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully that uh, we were of some assistance to you in your. I think process. it's it's definitely one of those contentious issues that some people have this opportunity, and maybe if he stays here, he makes thirty thousand a year or something like that, and he has this opportunity to go and make you know two to three times what he normally would, and you can see his own personal benefit being uh, at the forefront there. But as I said, there's probably numerous unintended consequences, even from maybe the vaccines they give you as a contractor. You do Mm -hmm. have to obey a lot of the regulations and commands from the military. You're under their constant protection and at their... Plus the fact contractors die over there. Yes. Besides, yeah. I mean, death is I think that would be my biggest concern. Death, yes. Death, big concern. um, Some other... um, you know, like I said, you can't predict everything and, and don't listen to these other people that said, oh, well, I was there and this, this and that. They're probably telling you things or they're not telling you things uh, for a reason because they are disturbing or they're mm-hmm. they're kind of uh, frightening. 
So, 800-259-9231. We were talking last you hour. You were over there. and the, the, Not in Afghanistan. You were in Iraq, right? No, I uh, wasn't in Iraq. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought Stationed I, in Germany, correct? That's right. Yeah, well, fighting the, fight the war for freedom in Germany. <laughs> the, the continuing war. It was fun, ended. man. Let me tell you. I certainly enjoyed drinking that German beer. <laughs> so, uh, we were talking last hour about Julian Heichland, the heroic freedom activist who has been arrested so many times uh, just simply going to courthouses and handing out literature. And uh, he was bemoaning the fact that it's so difficult for him to get people to come help him at these uh, literature distributions out in front of courthouses. When, whenever a man in a robe issues a, an order, writes down some words on a piece of paper, that people get scared. The American Jury Institute, also known as FIJA, essentially just put the kibosh on anybody that is associated with them going and doing uh, any kind of outreach at these courthouses. And it frustrates Julian, and it would frustrate me too. I mean, I'm still going to the courthouses, and I don't care what they say. I'm going to keep handing out the uh, the literature there, and, and thankfully, the people in here in New Hampshire they know better they know better than to mess with the activists here at this point. Well, I think it's different like for that. us though. Like like as an example, every Monday, Ian and I go out to hand out "Don't Take the Plea Deal," that's right, which isn't, at court. It isn't much far removed from the FIJA. It's just more directed towards a different audience. Correct. It it's but it's local for us. You know, if if you weren't to show up one week, or if I wasn't, I think it wouldn't be such a big deal because we've done it so many times. We know the bureaucrats. It's like at this point in the game it's more like how do i present this in a more effective manner so that someone wants to take this pamphlet it's Mm -hmm. not i'm not worried about any of the bureaucracy coming down or any of the police and so i but i also have more of a community interest in this so there is sort of more of an investment i can't imagine going to different places like julian has and and experiencing a completely new palette each Every time. time. Right. Yeah. That, that well, is definitely very courageous. I don't think that's what he's... Uh, you know, I agree with you on your analysis. I don't think he's asking people to do what he's doing right. by tra- traveling around. I think he just wants people to come out where they live, exactly. like we do here in New Hampshire, and yeah. do this activism so he doesn't have to be like the lone Fiji activist It's going nice to have cameras country. on you. I mean, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You, you want footage of what's, what's going down. So the reason I bring him up again is because I wrote him a quick response to his Tyranny Fighters email. Again, you can go to tyrannyfighters.com. That's his website site there's i believe there's a way to sign up there to receive emails from him to kind of keep in the loop with what's going on maybe that way you can show up and know about where he's going to be and when uh but i sent out an email to him just letting him know hey julian you're you're not alone Uh, that uh, here in new hampshire we do have people who have the courage to disobey the orders of a man in a robe to continue on doing what is right despite whatever these government bureaucrats threaten them and he actually wrote back about 10 minutes later he wrote back to say that i know that you do i will be at pork fest so yeah he's coming back second year in a row if you uh, haven't had a chance to meet julian heichland i think we can now announce uh, officially that uh, he will be (laughs) he's announced (laughs) that's right uh, that he will be at the porcupine freedom festival he actually adds uh, to his email here, we can have some action then, particularly at the Keene Courthouse. Thanks for your note. Uh, yours in freedom and justice, Julian. So nice. I, I, that's pretty exciting. I mean, this is a guy that people can really learn from. He is a, a wealth of a lifetime of activism knowledge. And if he needs a place to retire to finally when he's done walking and traveling, he should certainly come down to New Hampshire. Yeah, or up that would to be New Hampshire. great. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. But we need more people with the courage of uh, Julian Heichlin. Not just here in New Hampshire, but all over across uh, the country. You can take control of the airwaves, but certainly here in New Hampshire. In fact, you'll be more effective here as well. Uh, more on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Hi, I'm Mark.
Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of these airwaves. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features on the site there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com. Features including news updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to news.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up for our email updates or follow our Twitter or Facebook. All of it's free. For you, once again, go to news.freetalklive.com. Do you want freedom? Then build freedom. Do you have programming skills? Join the Freedom Engineering team and help develop the technology that enables spontaneous order and free market capitalism to erupt on Earth. Mobile app developers and database experts wanted immediately. Share and ownership. Create stuff that matters. Go to freedomengineering.org. It's time to build freedom. Freedomengineering.org. All right, so let's continue with your phone calls about what you want. Jenny is listening to America's Talk, XM 158. Hello, Jenny. Hi, how are you? Hey, just great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, I know y'all are new to XM, and I was just wondering, uh, I've listened to y'all intermittently, and I've heard y'all talk about y'all believing in marijuana being okay and there should be no laws against marijuana. Indeed. Uh, do you believe? Do you believe that all drug laws, should be rescinded? Absolutely. Yes. What about opium, heroin? All of it. Meth, opium is already used uh, in pharmaceuticals consistently. Well, all of okay, it should be. Not that? only let me let me take it one step further for you as well. Not only should all of those prohibitions be repealed, but also the prescription process should be eliminated as well, uh, because the prescription process creates sort of a gray market uh, where those. Those yes. prescriptions you were taught, you were referencing there, JJ, like uh, oxycodone or hydrocodone, Percocet. uh, Percocets, uh, Xanax, these things are very popular in the black marketplace. And so as a result of the fact that people just can't go into the store and buy some of it, you end up having uh, trucks getting waylaid, you know, 18-wheelers getting uh, pulled to the side of the road and having their shipments robbed from them. You have factories being broken into. You have people uh, stealing uh, other people's pills. Or even, or even more, you know, less offensive, I guess to say is they people will go out and get a prescription for something they know they can sell in the black yep. market and they will make money and, and i'm not saying a small amount of money i'm talking twenty dollars a pill and if you get 50 pills a month or whatever it is you can you can sit there sell all your pills and basically live off of that money there are people that do that. i know people that in the past that have done that okay what about methadone where people Cook it up in their homes and stuff like that. that I that, think you mean methamphetamine. Okay. I think you mean methamphetamine. 
Okay, methamphetamine. Sorry about that. Great, great so, question. Uh, it's a legitimate concern because there are a lot of stories out there about people in their back uh, shed or whatever trying to make some meth. They set the home on fire. Their children die in the fire. They poison people. Uh, yeah, the, the smell is awful. So the reason why that won't happen in a legal world, in a world in which methamphetamine is no longer prohibited, uh, the reason why that won't happen is the same reason why most people don't make bathtub gin today because it is being – made in controlled conditions, gin is, and other hard liquor, being made in controlled conditions in laboratory environments by companies whose job it is to make these products in as safe a manner as possible and uh, in as an effective manner as possible. Well, not only that, but the companies that are selling the gin now have a reputation of selling not only a product that meets the standards and quality expectations of the customer, but consistently delivering a consistent product, whereas... You know, you drink your one shot of gin today, the next bottle you buy, that shot of gin will contain the same amount of alcohol, Mm -hmm. the same amount of whatever other uh, ingredients that go into it or whatever, you know, dirt or whatever process there is, it will be the exact same. And so people will continue to buy from a trusted source rather than going to, like if, if it was legalized and people could make methamphetamine, you would have, you know, high quality meth, it would be out there and it would be available People would be less likely to want to go and buy something made in someone's, you know, uh, yeah. What meth are you going to buy? Are you going to buy somebody, uh, somebody who's a crackhead who's trying to cook up a batch of meth in his back shed, or are you going to buy the Tylenol brand uh, yeah. meth from, you know, from the, <laughs> from the local corner store, which is measured and you know it's consistent? And uh, so, does that make any sense to you? Well, to me, from from the stories I've heard, meth is a terrible thing. It oh, is. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. Sure. Okay, so, and I don't, okay, well, what about cocaine and crack? All that should be legal. And if if you've got somebody high on crack, okay, you can't do anything to them. Well, uh, it, it can or can't. It, it depends on what they're doing. You can do somebody, something to somebody who is violating the rights of other people. So if they're stealing uh, things or harming people, then, yeah, you can absolutely do that. If they're walking around mumbling to themselves, we got people to do that anyway without crack. Um, but one thing I'd like to point out is that the war on drugs creates its own problems. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw a parallel to the war on alcohol that existed for a couple of decades in the nation's past. Prior to, um, and I don't have the numbers sitting here right in front of me, but the consumption of what they called distilled spirits doubled in the time frame of prohibition and has still just been uh, going on a downward slope. It has not yet reached the point that it had prior to prohibition existing. So what we can extrapolate from that is that, in fact, prohibition causes more powerful substances to become popular because they're easier to transport. A drug dealer, so so a drug dealer would rather sell to your 16-year-old kid some crack than they would some marijuana because there's a higher profit margin and it's easier to conceal. Do you understand that the drug war creates higher higher levels of addiction? Now, let me ask you this. Uh, is there any mental problem from taking crack and taking cocaine, does that cause psychosis and everything? These are drugs. They are chemicals, and they are chemicals that alter one's state of consciousness. And like any chemical that has the power to alter one's state of consciousness, anything has the power to be has the ability to be abused. I will counter your question with a, a follow up question, and that is: Is it possible for alcohol to damage someone mentally? Oh yeah. 
Right. I think so. Right. Alcohol is a very, very powerful drug. Alcohol is one of the hardest drugs known to man. It is incredibly uh, dangerous. It is incredibly uh, destructive. It can be uh, destructive if not used in moderation. If used in excess, alcohol can kill you. Um, so, but alcohol is completely legal and that's okay. We understand we've learned, hopefully collectively, we've learned our lesson, at least on the alcohol prohibition and that no one within their right mind would ever call for alcohol to be made illegal again, despite all of the awful car accidents and the lives that are ruined and the alcoholics that we have out there. And, and don't the forget domestic the, abuse. the huge amount of mind altering that alcohol can do. You can smoke a crack rock and you will not be as messed up as you are. If after you drink a fifth of whiskey, have you ever smoked a crack rock? How do you know that? I have smoked a crack rock in my life. Yes. Wow, a portion of one. Wow. Okay, I didn't know that about you. No, well, I guess he's seventeen. Got that anecdotal evidence. It was uh, <laughs> well, I you know, it's been a long time. So yeah, Jenny, these things are risky, uh, clearly, but there are also ways to use them in moderation. Like I knew somebody who had used meth in a very moderated manner, and she turned out all right. I wouldn't recommend it. Sounds like a bad idea. I don't, yeah. I don't Jenny, think meth is good. I, I think most of us here would, would be very much against using any of these drugs. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have that opportunity to explore for yourself whether that drug is for you. Tell you what, we'll bring it back here in a moment. If you've got any other, any other questions, if not, I appreciate the call tonight. Uh, we'll put, we'll put her on hold, though. If, uh, if she's got more, she's welcome to stick with us. Because I think this is a really important she issue. She didn't have a chance to, to say anything. Yeah, I want to make sure we bring her back if she wants to, uh, to come back here. Uh, I think it's a really critical issue. It is so misunderstood, and there's so much misinformation out there, uh, put out there by the government about these things. 800-259-9231. It's free talk. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find there free. We've got listening options, uh, broadband and dial-up versions of our streams, which allow you to listen to Free Talk Live around the clock, 24-7. The latest episode is airing there over at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, you can get information about our 95 great radio stations that carry the show, uh, satellite listening options, including XM, as well as our free-to-air satellite channel and webcam, as well as our listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Get the details on how to get tuned in over at listen.freetalklive.com. Speaking of prescription medications if you have any prescriptions and you're getting your prescriptions filled at a local pharmacy you're likely paying more than you have to there's a better way discount prescription services will get you your medications at discounts as high as 70 percent off and they'll deliver them right to your door all you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com click become a member on the left hand side of the page there's also a telephone number there if you want to call them instead Their customer service is excellent. I've been through the process. I've been to their offices. These are good folks. They uh, they test all of their drugs. They have actually an outside company test all of their drugs to make sure that there's no counterfeits involved. These are the real thing. And whether it's Viagra, Cialis, Boniva, Ablify, Lipitor, Nexium, or Zetia, it's meds.freetalklive.com. 
All right, so 800-259-9231 is our number. Ginny did drop off the line. She was calling, listening to uh, XM 158 America's Talk and had some good questions about uh, what things would be like in a world in which we actually, or at least in a country in which uh, we actually had no war on drugs. Well, it would be a compassionate place because without the war, without the aggressive policy of curbing behaviors that are found to be uh, uncouth or unacceptable, Instead, there would be compassion in place of that, where people would rather treat the mental illness, if there is a mental illness, treat the addiction, if there is an addiction, treat the problem, and instead of, like like with the the alcohol situation, if you're out drinking with friends, you have that friend that's looking out for you, that uh, sometimes, you know, this friend knows you get drunk too fast, or something to that effect, mm-hmm. and there is there's sort of a community or a group sort of a minding of each other and and taking care of each other. You know, maybe someone holds your hair while you're puking in the toilet. Stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> the hopefully that's, that's not how it's with, going. With, but yeah. with, you know, with legal drugs in in our society at, at the moment, you go out to a bar and there's someone who's intoxicated. You know this person's intoxicated. You can recognize the signs of it. And you know that there's a certain behavior that comes with and, and you deal with it as a society, as a people, as an individual. We mm-hmm. all know how to deal with this situation. Now, if you get into a back room of some some um, prohibited item and it's it's all everyone's on edge because the police might come in at any moment. We all have got guns and knives. We're all ready to, to brawl at any second because if the cops come raid the place, you know, I've got you know all this to lose and blah, blah, blah. It's a much different environment than a bar where you, yep. you walk into it and it's a calm and it's, it's, it's much more conducive to a safe safe uh, drugging. And, and there's also lots of problems with things being illegal. The fact is, um, you know, Jenny here, she may never, ever do drugs. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sound like she has. Um, but the, her life is in danger at all times because of this war on drugs. The fact is yeah. that one of these crack addicts that she's worried about, and rightly so, some of these people will break into your home and slit your throat, but it's not because they're on crack. It's because they want to be on crack. They want. They need the the, they the need money, money to get the next fix. So they you need know, your jewelry. If and you your made wallet. aspirin illegal, the price of it would shoot through the roof. So, but right now you can get a big bottle of aspirin for ninety nine cents, mm-hmm. and that's how it would be with these drugs. You don't see people knocking over uh, liquor stores for the liquor. You see them knocking over liquor stores for the money, so they go and buy out and buy other drugs. Also, they're not robbing people for cigarette money. I like how JJ described it as compassionate. Uh, that the world would be more compassionate in the absence of the war on drugs. The people that that are looking for help wouldn't be afraid to go and get it. That's one aspect. But there's another important aspect, and that is that now Ginny kind of brought up the. the the meth lab scare stories about how you know people are, that are a lot of people making meth. Uh, maybe they don't know quite what what, what they're doing. They make some, they make mistakes. The chemicals are dangerous. The chemicals are you know flammable, and people they're poisonous. Right. They burned their houses down. Right. They've died in the process of of making this meth. So there's that there's that kind of danger which will be eliminated by the process being uh, industrialized and and doing it in a safe laboratory environment. In fact, if you actually look it up, I believe it's disoxin. I believe that is the the drug. There actually is legal meth. There actually is a prescription methamphetamine out there with a name brand attached to it. And I've, I went to the, the company's website just to make sure they weren't cooking it in somebody's back shed. And sure enough, they've got pictures of, uh, you know, people in a clean big meth lab. You know, they're in a la- laboratory smocks and they've got the, the gloves that they put their hands in. And, you know, there's this clean room environment. So beyond that, beyond the manufacturing safety aspect, the product safety, JJ touched on this, where you've got the regular product 
quality levels. You've got what you are expecting. You've got measured doses. Whereas in the black market, you get what you get. Uh, one batch of heroin might be completely different from the ne- next batch coming from the same drug dealer. Uh, so you don't ever know. And that heroin addict that's used to getting a certain dose, if all of a sudden the next batch that comes in happens to be ten times as good, ten times the, the strong. quality, uh, the strong, uh, that person may not realize it. That, that may not be accurately communicated. Yep. And so that person may load up his needle full of the, the usual dose and then find he's out, pretty soon he's room temperature. Uh, whoops, that was ten times uh, too much, and so you're dead. So what you have happening, if you hear stories about people dying from drug use, which rarely, rarely, rarely you actually hear them, but they do happen from time to time. More, usually, pe- more people die uh, using prescription drugs in the manner that they're supposed to be used. Used than die using uh, illegal drugs in overdoses. Yeah, absolutely true. Um, all that said, there are people that do die from overdoses. Sure. But the reason why those things typically happen, except for, excepting people that overdose on purpose, the people that die from accidental overdosing, uh, they're dying usually because they don't know what they're getting. They're dealing with the black marketplace. They have no idea. You go and you buy some drugs at a, at a club, for instance, something that's being sold as ecstasy. <laughs> Odds are, depending on where you're buying it, odds are it's not. Hmm. It's not even going to be close. In some cases, the chemical that's in that pill isn't even related to MDMA. Well, also, there's there's some knowledge that needs to be had whenever you're using these substances. And because of the... The prohibition on the substance itself, there's also a prohibition on the knowledge. And sir, the schools, yeah, I've been in the classroom where they tell you, oh, this is what the drug does to you, and this is how it affects your body. And it's usually like a, you know, a two-sentence explanation as, as to what happens and, mm-hmm. and what's going on because they don't really want to educate you about the, the pros of the drug or the reason that people actually take the drug, you know, those things that feel good when yeah, the drug Yeah, this will make happens. you giggle. Right. Who wants that? Hey, right. hey exactly. give me some giggling stuff. You know, they don't want to tell you that pot. Oh, you're not really going to have to be stressed about about anything. You're going to really enjoy life because it's just sort of it takes the edge off or whatever, you know, whatever their 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 slogan is. Uh, instead, you know, that that information about using the drugs is not passed on and that knowledge isn't isn't distributed like it was with your prescription. You know, when you got your mm-hmm. prescription, it came with this card that says, well, these this is how it affects you. These are the directions. This is how There's much you side take. effects. Right. Exactly. And then, you know, if you have any problems with this, you can call this number, blah, blah, blah. Well, that information would be included in a legal society or a, a free society where where people could do what they want with their bodies. And and that that would head off a lot of the overdose, a lot Absolutely. of the, the medical problems that come with this. And right, a lot of the confusion because uh, people don't. A lot of people don't research these things. The information is there now better than it has ever been because of the internet. Thankfully, you've got great websites like Arrowid.org, E R O W I D, Arrowid.org, which has all kinds of information, frequently asked questions, details, trip reports. All kinds of information about plants, drugs, chemicals, uh, prescription drugs. It's all there. Lots of great info. Huge resource. So the information is there, but that doesn't mean that the teenager in the club who's being sold ecstasy is going to have any idea what he or she is getting into if they haven't done their research in advance. And uh, what we're describing here is all of these factors that would be present in the legal marketplace for drugs – Reduce the harm that is done. They make it so people can easily be educated if that's what they want to do. And they can be safer with safer measured doses of quality product 
these things would all be the case in a decriminalized drug marketplace. But because we don't have that, because we've got prohibition, you've got increased danger levels. You've got people that aren't even doing drugs in danger, as Mark was pointing out. Right. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's what's most important to many listeners out there. More coming up here with your thoughts. Uh, welcome at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. The remaining moments coming up. Free talk live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. Just enough time for your calls, your thoughts. Here in the remaining moments, it is Ian. JJ. And Mark. Once again, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and we give you the features there for free. Uh, So enjoy the features there. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, uh, one of the ways you can do that is by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. You send in $3 a month with any major credit card through PayPal or use Visa or MasterCard on our website and we'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more great radio stations across the country, bringing more internet listeners on board as well, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So you can become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com, and you'll get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum, uh, podcast, and more. Get the details, get signed up, and we appreciate it. Go to amp.freetalklive.com as we continue with your phone calls. Tim is listening in Missouri, listening to America's Talk XM 158. Hello, Tim. It's Kim. Thank you, man. Uh, first time listener, first time caller. Welcome, sir. What did you say your name was Ken? K E N Ken? No, it's Kim. I was named after a Chinese orderly. Oh, gotcha. Kim. Okay, Kim. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I heard you guys talking about how you know, they ought to do away with the war on drugs. Now, you're using that very loosely. You know, I think the majority of the country would agree that. It's about time to decriminalize pot, right? I don't think anybody really gives a crap, you know, you want to get high or smoke a joint. That's fine. Okay. But, you know, don't generalize, all right? Crystal meth, it's a bad thing. Oh, okay. it's a bad no, thing, no, no doubt. doubt. We're not generalizing. We're being specific. Well, when you say get rid of the war on drugs, no, no, you, know, Kim, you Kim, need Kim, to define let, it. Let me make it clear. I'll define it for you. Every single substance, I don't care if it's liquid Drano, you should be able to ingest it into your body, Kim, because it's your body. All right, well, let me give you a little insight here. Okay, sure. Okay, my only son was shot and killed by two drug dealers in 1999. They were trying to rob him and steal his car. Now, were they, they were working for Budweiser? Were, the, were those drug, drug no. dealers Budweiser distributors? No, my son was 19 years old now. But let me, let me make no. sure I'm clear on something here. The drug dealers that killed him were black market drug dealers, right? Actually, they were. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so if we don't have a black market anymore... Dude. Then okay, that would okay. stop that from happening, wouldn't right. it? Are, are you familiar with with meth? I mean, have you ever had any personal contact with these people? I have, yeah, actually. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're okay with that? No, I know. No, 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 no. Let me be clear. Let me be clear to you. Well, the reason, Kim, I made it clear why that is. The reason they're going to slit your throat for what's in your pocket is because they need what's in your pocket. If they, if this stuff was legal. You don't see anybody slitting anybody's throat over alcohol. But you can be darn sure in the 30s, gangsters shot the hell out of people's sons over 
this stuff. Do you think it's a good idea to make alcohol illegal? Because I can tell you there was some guy calling in to some talk show, if they had such a thing, saying, hey, my son died because of this uh, bathtub gin. These people that deal this stuff, are they're they're derelicts, they're dangerous, they're evil people, and this stuff cannot be made legal. But in fact, by making it legal, you can see the purveyors of alcohol are no longer slitting people's throats. Wait a minute. What kind of a society do you think we would live the kind in that, that has the kind where you are able to own your own body, the kind where you are not able to stand over and lord over someone else and tell them how they're going to live? Honestly, let's get real about this. You know, I mean, I'm a truck driver. I've been an over-the-road driver for 35 years. Man, I don't want to be out here on the road with these idiots. Well, it's, already there. There. it's illegal to drive uh, when you're drunk. It would be illegal to drive. I'm drinking drive, man. I'm not telling you you drink I got drive. you, dude. But the point is they're already on the road with you. Do you understand that? People that, are, people that are inebriated are already on the road, whether we're talking about alcohol or crack or meth or whatever. Or whatever prescription drugs, Ritalin or, or whatever mind well, you, altering. You would be supporting those people because no, they sir. wouldn't be capable of working. No, I no, would not I mean, be supporting no, I don't, no. I don't believe it, that's true. Do you think it's Somebody, fair that there ought to be drug testing and no drugs in the workplace? If you want that. Or, or are you perfectly good with, you know... Right, people. Dude, you, yeah. okay, look, thank you, Tim, for the call tonight. You, you, you should probably get back on the road. But the audio look, is terrible there. <laughs> as far as what his question is, if it's your company, you can set whatever rules you like. Sure, test them. See, if, you, if you're running a truck, truck driving operation, you want to make sure your drivers are not using speed, then, uh, which is very popular, by the way, from what I understand, in the, uh, the professional driving world, then it's up to you to implement a program like that. I'm not saying I'm against people having whatever rules they want in their business. As far as I'm concerned, somebody who's on speed gets in an automobile accident, that's a negligent factor, and that's going to be, um, you know, they're going to be responsible for making that other person whole. But that doesn't change the fact that other people who are not driving should still own their bodies. Just because some people might put somebody else's life in danger isn't a good reason for making alcohol illegal. It isn't right. a good reason for making uh, caffeine illegal. The fact is, if I have three caffeinated beverages, I'm off the rails crazy. You'd rather me be on the road after drinking six beers than you'd ha- rather have me on the road after drinking three Diet Cokes because I'm absolutely insane. But it's legal. Yeah. yeah, I think I think the idea that the world will be a better place that that whole fear mongering that goes along with anything like this is just absurd for one, and I, I think the other part that people they're not not everybody goes along the same path like the movies say where as soon as a drug is in, instituted into their life they turn and use this drug for uh, you know the worst possible scenario. Yeah, most drug users are, are functional, very recreational, and and none of us here, I, I think, for the most part, support the use of any of these hard drugs. Now, obviously, you pointed out marijuana. Most people don't care about marijuana. It's it's much lower on the list. It doesn't actually kill people, for one, unlike yeah. you know uh, tobacco or or alcohol. And we haven't even talked about tobacco and how a how really addictive nicotine is. Look, I'm a smoker. I, I've smoked uh, tobacco for probably about 12 years now. I'm, 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 I'm set and addicted. That is for certain. And without you know that cigarette, you feel that that's that foreboding sort of sense of of uneasiness that comes with it. But I've never thought of killing anybody for a cigarette, and you don't really hear about that either because it's legal and it's it's affordable. The market has provided solutions. And if you want help, you can get help. 
Yeah, there's you're not, you're not afraid to get help because you're going to get thrown in a cage. The idea that uh, somebody who is addicted to one of these dangerous substances like crystal meth, many of these people are incredibly paranoid. Uh, they're paranoid because, well, for good reason. There are men with guns out there that are willing to put them in a cage. Look, I uh, a few years ago, before I moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, lived in Sarasota, Florida, and uh, my girlfriend at the time uh, knew somebody who was a younger mother, probably in her late 20s, and she had a daughter, maybe about three years old. Or She'd something stay over like at your house quite a bit. You'd, you saw. You yeah, met her. Nice, nice little girl. Nice little girl. Mom was a meth head. Yeah, And uh, so we were able to do what we could to help out with this girl and get her out of the house and get her in a healthier environment rather than hanging around whatever the kind of people this woman would associate with as a result of having to buy her meth in the black marketplace. And, of course, being afraid to go and get any sort of help because she's afraid she's going to be locked up against her will. And do you think that her child would be better off in the hands of the state? I mean, because right in the, in the situation in which we were in, we were able to assist in whatever ways we could, uh, despite the fact that meth was uh, a black market activity, which was good. Uh, but she could have gotten more help if the, the product were legal. She could have actually gone to some sort of a clinic where they might have taken care of her children. And, you know, there might be something set up to where people would step in and the community could step in to help out somebody that wanted that kind of assistance. Right. The idea that that mom and that daughter would have been better off if mom went to jail for five years because she had a meth uh, addiction is just crazy yes. that is really damaging that idea putting people in jail and just sitting back crossing your arms and saying well that'll teach you because people that get out of jail for drugs are not broken of their habit necessarily <laughs> look i spent nine years in prison those who listen to the the show uh regularly know this but i spent nine years in prison and i can tell you the guys that went into the confinement dorm the K-Dorm at the uh, little slice of heaven that they called Gladiator School that I spent nine years at, mm-hmm. they would go in there for 30 days, you know, ha- uh, two weeks, 30 days, 60 days in some cases. First thing they'd do when they came out was get a cigarette. Mm. The first thing they'd do. Yep. Well, people are used to certain substances that alter their perception of reality, that alter how they feel about themselves, and they're they're going to constantly want that. They're going to constantly want to escape whatever it is that's that's chasing them or haunting them, or or maybe just a, a moment of respite from the otherwise stressful day. Yeah. And so you have a, a just a myriad of substances that do a myriad of different things. Like I've I always go back to Ritalin being clinically proven to have the exact same effects as cocaine when chopped up and snorted. Mm. It's the exact same sort of process that happens, but it's it's in pill form. It's given by this guy in a lab coat, and so the delivery method so is good. different it's good. in both fashions. That's why it's acceptable. We're out of time for tonight, but you can join us again tomorrow. We'll be we'll be back. We'll take your calls about anything, of course, at that time. Just, uh, this evening, it has been Ian here with you. JJ. And Mark. Uh, so join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And if you are going to do drugs, and we understand that people will, and if you are going to do harder drugs, at least figure out what you're doing first. Go to arrowid.org. Do some research uh, before you go Spell putting it. things in your body. E-R-O-W-I-D.org. See you tomorrow night. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. 
there's more. You can buy Liberty Snickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to libertystickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. Libertystickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. I can't tell you how many times people have recommended to Ian and I that we start an online Liberty business directory so the people will know with whom they're doing business and how they can do business with people who are in the Liberty community. Well, the market for Liberty.com is a Liberty movement business directory. It intends to be a complete list of all products and services provided by members of the Liberty movement or products that directly benefit the Liberty community. This is a voluntary project. There'll be no charges for buyers or sellers using this site. It's being compiled right now, and they need your help. If you know of any products or services provided by members of the Liberty Movement, send an email to contact at themarketforliberty.com. Again, it's contact at themarketforliberty.com. This is a way to build the Liberty Movement right online. Contact at themarketforliberty.com.